What's up, guys? You're listening to The Social with me, Bashak. We've been speaking about it all show, and this week we have the beautiful, ethereal Corinne Bailey Ray joining us. She is about to go on a UK, UK-wide tour. She is about to go on a UK-wide tour at the end of the month, which is so exciting. So we thought we'd get her down to talk to us about music and all that she has coming up next. Hi, Corinne. So lovely. To Hi, you. how are you? Oh, love the voice. The vibrance is jumping out. How are you? I'm very well. Nice to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Now, I have to start by asking, how have the last two years for you been, uh, both kind of personally and professionally, uh, given that we have been in, you know, 100 lockdowns? Um, have you felt like you've been able to lean into silence more? I think they have been life-changing, you know, these two years. It's, it's been very strange. The hardest thing for me was the separation from my friends and I guess friends and family, you know, I'm such a people person and I really need those people around me to make sense. And I just had a baby. Um, we had a baby at the start of, at the end of January. And then I think, you know, within kind of five or six weeks, everything had paused so I was really lucky that we had seen all our most important people but then to have that community kind of fall away it was really sad to not be able to share you know share moments with them and share a lot of first with them so yeah I definitely find it hard um personally I mean I was on the phone a lot to people I guess and with my dear friends who live nearby we were able to have walks in that time when you're only allowed to have a sort of hour-long exercise a day I did have good long hour walks with people dressed in you know yoga gear but not doing any yoga <laughs> just kind of catching up yeah, for life yeah. yeah but again with music you know I find like I'm most inspired in music when I'm working with other people when I'm backwards and forwards with them I'm not kind of an electronic artist that sits and you know taps away on the laptop on the keyboard and kind of dreams up a project I love working with people and hearing a great guitarist or a great you know, cellist or, you know, having a harp player sat in our studio. So it was really hard to have that cut off from people. And, you know, I was already writing a project, so I was able to finish that, which was good and able to kind of do, I, I might sort of describe it as like piecework. You know, you would do like a little square here and a square there, make a patchwork. But all the big grand things for me happen when two or three people or four people are together and we're bouncing of each other and each other's ideas and making it better than we could have done on our own so I'd say personally at the start it was it was nice to be in a cocoon but then sliding into kind of isolation and then yeah work-wise I, I was very keen to get back together with people and and did that as soon as it was legal but we you know we followed it all quite strictly so we, we didn't see a lot of our music making friends for a good stretch of time it strikes me as, as such a kind of obvious thing that we took so for granted uh, now, that, that kind of collaborative energy, that community, that village, especially if you've just had a baby. You know, it, it's we're so blessed to have the people that we have and then to lose them the way that we've lost them is Yeah, it's crazy. absolutely. I think it's so important to share. I think mm. sharing makes something more real for oneself. You know, the act of, of um, being in a space and and comparing notes and you know so much this was our second child thankfully but you know with our first child so much of the time was spent 
you know, sitting, having cups of tea, sort of talking and, sure. you know, learning about this new creature. Like, yeah, oh. absolutely. So, I mean, I just didn't get to do that with my second daughter at all. And my really dear friend was living across the road and I couldn't go in her house and she, she couldn't go in mine. So it was, it was really weird. And yeah. now it's like coming out from underneath a spell and, yeah. you know, you, you wonder how much, I mean, I, it, it obviously was very necessary and I just hope we can kind of move through this time. But yeah, it was it was like strange news from a, a distant star, you know, it, it was very surreal. Mm, very dystopian future that we were living in, absolutely. Mm, a dystopian present, yeah. Amen. Um, what, what do you think you've learned about yourself in, in this process and in kind of having to be alone? Um, you know, I've probably learned that I am quite an impatient person and I've probably learned that I really need people. I think sometimes when you, you know, I, I have previous to this, have always had a really busy life, you know, so um, lots of things scheduled and touring and sort of in and out. I guess it connected me much more to place. You know, I live in Leeds, but I think a little part of me was kind of thought, well, I don't really live here because I'm always away and I'm always in, you know, I'm in LA or I'm in New York or we're, we're touring or we kind of dip in and out. And I think that meant that I hadn't made, I hadn't made recent community bonds, you know, so I hadn't really made many friendships around having young children. And that really struck me, you know, when we're home. So that's something I'm trying really hard to do now, just sort of be part of a network um, and really feel myself to live here and um, just, I guess, give back or invest more in my community instead of just thinking it as a launching pad to the rest of the world mm, very well said and, and absolutely it's you got to cultivate the ground right yes you do yeah exactly for yourself as well as other people but yeah for yourself now you are of course a very talented singer but you're also a songwriter um for those that don't know how would you say and this is one that i was so interested to ask you how would you say your relationship with songwriting has evolved over the years since your debut in, you know, 06? I think my relationship to songwriting is really, it's really opened up in the last few years. I've been really lucky to spend a lot of time with um, a visual artist called Fiesta Gates, who's based in Chicago, but he shows his work all over the world. And he has this way of kind of integrating all the things that are interesting to him into his practice so he he um, saves these buildings that have been about to be destroyed in Chicago and he saves them and he sort of rebuilds them for the community and he houses them with art and activity and action and and he's a potter you know his work is in ceramics but he also um, he plays music he has this group called the Black Monks and um, they they work in the kind of I guess the sacred and spiritual music. So he has a, he has all these aspects. He's like he's working community building, and he's a fine artist and a potter, and he has this kind of spiritual music practice. But it all seems sort of integrated. It's all part of his thing. So that's really spoken to me that allowing all the things that I'm interested in to come into my music, and yes, writing about sort of personal things and relationships and love, but also allowing the things that I'm interested in, you know, the history that I like to read about, or the research that I'm doing, or the the museum spaces that I go to, and the the art practices and uh, pedagogies that I kind of explore, like allowing those things to come into my music and come into my art and. And sort of thinking 
thinking that every idea comes in is you know sort of meant for me and not having to sort of bat them away and think well what fits with what people know of me but sort of allowing everything in you know so I feel like I've been creating spaces in my mind really for different pockets of things like music that's more aggressive and indie like my background or or music that's inspired by research that I'm doing in these sort of historical spaces in Chicago or uh, music that's um you know for the campfire and there's a way from technology and that's I'm kind of making spaces in my mind to, to hold my ideas and and also I, I have learned over my time that I am really self-critical and how that's a bit of a spiral and I think that that's definitely kind of hampered the amount of work that I've put out in the world so I really want to sort of free myself and um you know allow more of my work to get in the world and not sort of hold things back and be too slow and be too critical or second guess work but just you know allow it to come out so I'm looking forward to a phase of doing more music and I'm really inspired by my dear friend Questlove who you know he's you know in his 50s now but he's, he's almost just beginning in directing movies and you know the idea that just because you're not sort of 25 it doesn't mean that you can't make art and create you know yeah that life's over that you know especially being a musician and being a woman you know there's definitely there's definitely thinking around how long you should be in front of people but I, I definitely plan to be in front of people for as long as possible well they adore you so you know keep keep it coming I, I I that's thing so powerful about something you said there which is you're actually allowing yourself to be more you publicly yes yes and and lean into that kind of and that comes with I think age and maturation and growth but kind of to say this is the 360 of my colors and take them or leave them but they're they're there yes yes that yeah that really strikes a chord in me actually what you're saying like being allowing myself to be myself more in in public and it's it's really um it's kind of fraught with me because I think on my sort of social media I'm only just a very thin thread of myself because I do it's really against my nature to sort of uh, slice up my life and polish up my life and sort of present it on you know Instagram and Facebook and those platforms you know I, I really feel like it sort of pulls you out of the moment to such a huge extent and you know even in my personal and family life I'm not always like getting at my phone and taking every moment you know I really like to be in it and live it but you also have, you have a lot less kind of documentation of it so mm-hmm. it's getting a yeah a fine balance of like I'm not planning to do share every detail of my life and photographs on social media but I am much more wanting to open up my full and true life uh, into my art making. That's so beautiful um, and, and, and speaks to I think the, the slight change in culture I'd like to think we're having in terms of the need for actual authenticity. Yeah. I think yeah. we can tell now where the content has been so repurposed, so regurgitated, so photoshopped actually people are really not feeling it as much and there is something to be said for you know branded shoots or a branded polished look and that's a moment at some point for sure but your real life and your real self is just organic and, and exists and breathes and I think there's some new strand coming in I hope where that is celebrated a little bit more and you might feel more I hope so and I kind of move away from the visual as well because I think it's really mm-hmm. important to use words use language find nuance find a conversation you know I think so much of our polarization is because we're all of us out of the habit of 
um, expressing and listening and changing argument and reconsidering and being willing to sort of make mistakes and reforming our worldviews. I think the whole thing of sort of the the visual and the fast and can, and cancel culture has led to this kind of um, you know polarized thing or where where someone's you know it's like our old dichotomies like someone's a bad guy or a good guy. You know, if a, if a good guy does one bad thing, they're a bad guy and everyone's a bad guy and no one can, you know, no one can win. We're just sort of looking for our messiahs and then kind of knocking them off the podium one by one. Like it wasn't that person, it wasn't that person. And all the while that stops us from seeing our own greatness because we all, you know, we just see if we have one flaw, then, you know, we shouldn't even try. And I, I really think that's that's limiting all of us and you know i hope that we can move into a more con conversational and collaborative mm. space you know especially in politics which you know british politics is so much about that sort of pantomime of one side opposing another side not being able to see its view shouting each other down and i just think it that's so tired and so um it, it comes from a 200 year old culture that doesn't doesn't serve us now and i wish that our politics could be much more collaborative and much more based on you know people's real lived experience i completely agree and, and to that point actually i wish we wouldn't hold our political leaders to such binaries right they have to yeah, be yeah. perfect and then when a sex scandal comes out or this or that happens everyone's shocked and it's you know they're they're human as well and and, and yes we have to allow for that in them as well as we expect from ourselves and that that nuance is missing yeah conversation. yeah absolutely and i think you know for every time we sort of pull someone down because of a scandal mm. there's there's you know a hundred thousand people who might have thought maybe i could be an mp but actually i've got this yeah or like i did this i did this wrong thing 20 years ago and when they find it out everything I've learned since then is going to be somehow invalid, you know? So I think, I think it's really like redemption is a really important mm. concept for me. The idea that you can, you can be reborn and you can get another chance and, and um, yeah, that you don't have to put, you don't have to be perfect to make a contribution. And yeah. I, I wish we all started off like that, just saying like, here I am with my imperfection. And I also have this really good idea about how schools should run or how we could improve the health system or you know just adding to it you know we don't have to be all be giants we could just make could all make our small contribution we can be great humans yeah 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 flawed did you feel like you felt some of that pressure when you were first coming up or i guess social media wasn't the mammoth beast that it is now but did you feel that or, or not as much um, it, it really wasn't the mammoth beast and I feel like I kind of when I was coming through there were two other women who were taking I guess a lot of pressure off me well one in particular who, who you know was Amy Winehouse mm -hmm. so it's like at the same time as I was coming through um, she'd already had her first record but it was you know obviously a second record was so huge this hugely successful and popular record and then the way that the press sort of treated her it it was to me particularly sort of of that moment, you know, comparable with how the, the American press treated Britney Spears, you know. So mm. it's like we've got this brilliant woman who writes, who sings, who plays guitar, who's involved in production, who's a poet, who's a let's, you know, let's destroy her. That's what it, it seemed like. It's like she, they were they 
just wanted to tear apart and whether it was like she's too thin she's too fat she's taking drugs she's she's you know whatever it was it was like this sort of clawing at her and it was a really in terms of my relationship to the way the press were treating Amy mm. it was like they had they had no interest in me at all because I wasn't like falling out of clubs and and doing all that like I was di- uninteresting to them. They 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 didn't want to write about a musician and their work. They really wanted to write about the personal side. And you know, obviously, we see what happened to Amy. And you know, I, I do believe that the press are have an accountability in in her in her sort of accident and loss. You know, the feeling of ha- having to kind of keep yourself away and not have people around you that you can trust. People getting paid to tell stories and. So, but yeah, I, I feel like in a way the, the press were the people who undid people now uh, in that time. I feel like now people selves are their own undoing. You know, it's like the more you share, the more vulnerable you are to someone saying, oh wait, you use this term or that term or, and now we're gonna just, you, you've made a mistake in your public persona and now we're gonna just erase you, you know, from our lives. It's, it's it's terrifying and you know kudos to you for being in the game as long as you have still whole and still impact and still you know happy and healthy in, in a sense because um you didn't rise to any of it even if it was still in your way which is you know a testament to your you know strength of character i would say more than anything else thanks i had a lot of people i sort of talked to and was like i can't believe this person's like said this or done that yeah. And, but yeah i know it never got into like amongst you know it never got into like a front place. Right, right, right yeah yeah i guess but who knows like everybody makes mistakes right absolutely now a lot of your music explores romantic relationships uh loss love all of our favorite topics mm-hmm. um and also kind of your relationship with yourself is a key one for you do you think that is an intentional choice um, when it comes to subject matter or is it something that you just end up leaning towards time and time again? It's definitely something that I have like, historically leaned towards, like you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I'm trying to I'm trying to work out, I guess I'm trying to work out myself. I'm trying to work out myself in relation to other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes when it, it comes to writing about love relationships, I found that they have been the key relationships of my life and the key sort of sublime experiences so the ones that have kind of lifted me up and transported me out of the now and sent me into the infinite and I had that having those sort of like cosmic experiences where you, you you know you don't think about the beginning or the end you're just sort of in something and so those I guess those kind of swirling swirling heady experiences have definitely come to mind when I've been writing songs you know I guess almost trying to write them to preserve them or write them to explore them or write them to compare them see if anyone else has the same thing you know writing them as a way of connecting with other people I don't know I I, um I guess some of a lot of my favorite songs are you know love songs and songs dealing with what it's like to open your heart to somebody and how really how foolish foolish it is and how um but how it seems to be so unavoidable it is really as well so yeah that they have been important subjects and then you know I think looking at loss that that was a big part of my second record and that you know that came about I, I had written half my record um and then you know I had this big fracture in my life when my 
you know, my husband died when I was 29, he was 31. And it was, um, it was a really sudden and accidental death. And, and so that sort of fractured my life. It felt like a sort of end. It was the end of my life as I had known it to that point. And of, of course it was a beginning of a new part of my life, but I couldn't see that at the time. So, um, yeah, there was definitely a lot of, uh, weight, you know, grief and, and weight and waiting and, uh, sort of reflecting and, and hiding, um, in, in the second record, um, you know, which is, deals with a lot of, you know, losing, losing a partner, losing a husband. Mm-hmm. Well, very powerful. I mean, and hopefully healing through, through that. You know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. That as well. Definitely. Do you feel like sitting in that vulnerability that you do so well, um, has become second nature to you now, or is it something that you still kind of struggle with that you have to kind of prep yourself for and put on a cloak almost and okay now we're gonna go there you know because you don't strike me as someone who's afraid to go there yeah i think in in the moment of creating the song Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm just being honest and there's sort of nothing else i could do or nothing else i can say in that moment i feel like you know i must write about this feeling i must write about this um this experience i must kind of i must let out the thing or even if it's not conscious, you know, sometimes my, my songwriting process is, you know, my, mostly I'm playing the guitar and I'm just, I guess, opening up my mouth and making sounds and sometimes it's words and sometimes it's a sentence and very often I'm surprised by the sentence that I say, you know, it's not planned and then I think, oh, you know, that was inside, that's what I'm thinking. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is, it's a way of like seeing seeing what's going on, I guess, in my heart. So, but yeah, to, to say that, and I also feel, you know, when I'm on stage that I am, um, the more real I can be, the more, the less phony it feels. I feel like I'm not a natural performer in the sense that I would never say, I never want to be in like a West End musical and, sure. you know, do like be Theatric. a character. Like theatrics, basically. Yeah, the the- exactly. Like, I feel like, in being myself that's the only way I sort of know how to do it so the closer it feels to being honest and raw the more sort of comfortable in a way it feels in front of people because I think well they might like it or not like it but I am here being myself and then if it feels like it's a bit further away where I'm kind of putting on a, a thing and it's not quite me then I feel more vulnerable to people's mm-hmm. I don't know, criticism of it but yeah, there is a third space where I sometimes think like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that song because that puts me in this place of pain, which I, at this at this exact season I might not be feeling. So, I mean, we just did a US tour and I didn't do many songs from the sea. And then I've just put together the set list for the UK tour and I'm doing, you know, one or two more songs from the sea because I feel, I feel sort of... <sighs> Ready? More ready? Whole enough. Yeah, I feel more ready, like whole yeah. enough to kind of yeah. visit there again, I guess, you know, whereas um, sometimes I don't. So, yeah, just depends on, sometimes it depends on the night and I'll, and I'll just look down and think, right, not that one now, you know, not in this moment and I'll do something else. You are a true artist in every sense of the word. Yeah. I love it. We're going to go to a quick music break, but you are listening to The Social with me, Bashak. We're back with the incredible Corinne Bailey Ray after this.
What's up, guys? You're listening to The Social with me, Bashak. We are very much live and direct with Corinne Bailey Ray, uh, getting into our second half. Hi, Corinne. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are You're you? With us? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm loving good, it. Good, good, good. Now, right before the break, uh, we were talking about kind of the importance for you to remain as true to yourself as possible so you kind of feel less vulnerable doing that um there's such freedom in the fact that you're able to be your hopefully truest self possible and people resonate to that person how, how does how does that conception feel for you i mean that you don't put on an act you are exactly who you are and and it and it comes across and it shows and you've achieved such resonance because of it 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 feels incredible to me and i i love it when i get to meet people after the show or sort of walking down the street you know i, I just feel like many many people don't know me or my face or my music but some people do and when i do meet those people who know know it i have you know we managed to have such heavy conversations you know people will get straight into you know the the big things that have happened and in their life and and how they have made my music part of their life and how one song song or another means a particular thing to them and I'm, I'm always so struck by it and so grateful that it's being able to be useful you know and similarly when I'm when I'm on stage and we play something that's kind of dreamy and soulful and jazzy and then the next song is kind of really heavy with guitars and I'm sort of at my extreme and I'm sort of shouting and like bashing my guitar and then you know the lights go down and then there's a stylus and there's this burst of applause i'm so grateful that i've been allowed to as you say be my whole self and be open and be vulnerable and i always just say like you know i'm always so grateful that people are there and people are still there and i really get lost when i'm performing and i've got my eyes closed a bunch of times and i just i'm so grateful that people connect with it and um you know I, my tour company is called all connected and i do think you know, when you're on stage, you do have this deep connection with the audience, and you know we play the sort of venues where I can see people's eyes, and it's not we're not using like a big screen or anything. I just I feel like we are in that moment. We're all one. You know, we'll never be together that same group of people ever again on the planet. Right. So I just I really love that the feeling of the once off nature of it, mm, and the oneness and the collective almost vibration. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about the tour. Um, you are, of course, going on a UK-wide tour towards the tail end of this month, and it's called the Sunlight Sunlight Tour. I need to get into this uh, name first and foremost. Tell me about it. <laughs> the name came from um, a song called "The Skies Will Break," which was on my last record, and um, I wrote it from this. I wrote it from this dream. You know, I saw this person, and they were they were sort of crying and bereft and, and ashamed. It was like this complicated feeling that was happening on the face. But it was a figure that was crying and there was a sense that all was lost. You know, that, that feeling when the, you've missed the train and it's pulling out of the station or the, the thing you want to do was gone and it's receded into the past and you can't get into it. And just this sort of like howling kind of bereft place. And I, I you know, I looked at the person and it was only years later I thought, you know, that person is me in a song. But, but in my when I woke up from my dream, you know, I was sort of playing with this riff and saying, you know, the skies will break for you, the skies will break for you, the waves will part, the seas will rend, it won't be long. And 
I guess I was thinking about myself and also many other people I met who had been or are or you know or were grieving you know that I think when I made that record and when I'd lost Jason a lot of people came up to me and talked to me about a partner they'd lost or a child they lost or a parent and you just suddenly realize that grief is so universal and kind of un under talked about you know we, we're all going to experience grief but we sort of we're in this kind okay. of weird discomfort about death and denial and so um yeah I, I guess I wrote the song this you know the skies will break and then at the end of the song it says bright lights streaming were golden sunlight sunlight it's got all these images of just transformation burning brightness and and the song's really become its own thing when we're you know when we're touring and we're on stage like it just turns into this wild energy and you know it's different to recording and that's what I love about playing live is that you know you might have a recording we think well we did it this way but now it's taken on its own thing and so but it has this line and it's sunlight sunlight and I thought I really want this for this tour I want it to be like for me it's light breaking through for me it's getting back in front of people all this after all this time getting to reconnect with my friends after all this time this bright sunlight sort of cutting through the sense of isolation and um and and loss a kind of loss that I think we've all experienced from you know not being able to be in community and so yeah it was just about this bursting through hopefully the record hopefully the tours will feel like that this kind of joyful bubbling spirit what can people uh, expect on the tour? I'm going to actually come through as well in London for the London show. So I'm very oh, excited. Oh, fantastic. Oh, you have to come and say hi then. I I'd love, I'd love that. Come say hi after. I mean, I hope that people will come without any particular expectations. And, and I'm coming with the same. I feel like it's all about what happens in the space with yeah. those people on the night. But but yeah, one of the things that I feel like we bring as a band is we have like this punk sort of, yeah. jazz soul edgy spirit you know so we, we we really we want it to be lush and beautiful and dreamy and we you know we've got some beautiful chords and but we also want it to have the space in it where there is a crack and a cry mm. and some ugliness and some dirt and then we also want there to be enough room where there's back and forwards people shout things out we respond you know songs might get stopped halfway through like things go on longer than they expected and plenty of time I sort of play longer than I meant to because I just really get into it and but yeah our, our spirit I guess is we as a band we're quite we want to be as free as we can and um, that's where we get our freedom you know when we're on stage that's where we get to be our fully free selves so um yeah it's, it's always I always think it's like a bit of a ride and um you know it's not the same every night we're not playing with like backing tracks or click tracks or any any stuff you know we're just kind of making it where we are so it's it's um beautiful i mean it sounds so abundant that's the word that i'm like dying to say it's, it sounds like abundant it sounds like the cycle of life that you're almost exploring in a night every single time oh well, i hope yeah i hope so i mean i feel like that's where we all are as people just like you know we're all like older i guess i mean we're not like 90 you know or 100 which hope as long as you hope to get to live right but in music so many people are really young and there's so much celebration of youth which i think is great like i i love that 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 vital first energy where you're so wide-eyed and you're just really sure but i feel like you know at this age you, you know being sort of 40 in your 40s it's like there's so much more i don't know that's what to me i'm finding all 
the juicy, complex kind of questioning, you know, sense dissolving of self into like the oneness stuff, you know, that's where it has been for me. And, and I guess the rest of the band as well. So we're always talking about what we're learning and how foolish we've been and how much we hope for, you know, as we go on. Mm, hope is the elixir of life. It is. It is. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, just because I, I feel like you'd have some keen insight around this. A lot of people in this day and age um, really push for this kind of overnight success, especially those that are coming up as art- artists now and then they want the immediate gratification. Um, you're kind of a veteran in the game um, and, and yeah. you know, you, you've, you've been here incredibly strong for a very long time. Um, when you reflect on your journey, kind of from the very beginning, what characteristics do you feel like you personally had to have like to, to get here today? I think it's definitely good to sort of hear rejection but not take it personally which is something I you know I still find that really hard to do now but I remember with our band we used to go into a lot of competitions because in those days you know in sort of the 90s and mid 90s it's really hard to get um recorded it's really hard to get your music recorded you know now you could just have a laptop and a few microphones and you get a really good recording sound of a band but in those days you had to go in a studio and the studio was expensive and we were all from you know working class backgrounds where we, we didn't have spare money and our parents didn't have spare money so we used to be in all these competitions all the time trying to win recording time you know because that would be how we could get our demo and then once you had the demo you wanted to get the record deal and so it was all, always seemed like these kind of several steps ahead of us so i feel like we used to we used to play a lot you know we used to do a lot of gigs and we used to take our amps on the bus or in the or in a taxi and you know i really liked i really liked playing gigs to me i mean i still like doing that thing where maybe at a festival you might feel a bit of an underdog or you might think oh we're in i don't know we're in germany how many people really know me or or whatever it is. i kind of like that feeling of being maybe a little bit further down the bill than you'd like and people are wondering over thinking what's this person about i might know one or two songs and that sense of trying to win people over it's really uh it's it's a familiar feeling to me that comes from when i was in my band you know and you either see people walking towards the tent you're playing in or the the hill that you're on or people walking away and and thankfully my experience so far has been like people walking towards us you know so it's like you're getting to see people vote with their feet in real time and so something I, I just feel like playing live as a musician is really important because you're getting instant feedback you know you can see if you've got good eyesight you know if someone's eyes are glazing over or they're getting a bit tired and you start to think well maybe this song's too long maybe this third verse wasn't necessary maybe this chorus is not catchy enough or, or maybe this concept of the song is too hard for people to get or you really get to instant feedback you know you, you get this burning self-consciousness and um so i think one thing that's really useful when you you know starting out in music is just doing lots of shows um not taking rejection personally you know believing that it, it's for you and it's there for your taking and writing songs that are personal you know not looking around and thinking oh well, so and so does it like this maybe i can do it a bit like that or because the one thing that people haven't heard is you and your voice you know that's the completely original thing to the world and that's what definitely i would encourage people who are getting a start in music you know continue to be your 
yourself because that's a new bit that's a bit nobody knows yet and um i always love hearing songs i think that that's so strange and weird i really i've I never heard anyone put it that way or I, i wouldn't have thought of it that way you know and that's because it's come from a person's genuine off offering and they're not kind of just trying to uh pastiche someone else who's successful at that time you know chasing your tail absolutely it's it's as cheesy as it sounds be you is is the message for a lifetime yeah yeah it's true speaking of be you we want to know a little bit more about you before we let you go um you spoke about how important your kind of close friends are to you and your best friends are to you if they were here next to me right now um How would they describe Corinne in three words? Oh gosh. It's so hard. It makes you really self-conscious, you know. Yeah. Let me think. I mean, well, I think my friend my friends are I guess we're similar to each other. When I'm with my friends, I feel like even if we haven't seen each other for ages, we're able to have really long sort of honest chats. So I'd say If they would say I'm good at listening, I would say they're good at listening. Sometimes I feel like I'm too excited and I'll say I did this and I thought this and I went here and then I'll get home and just text them and be like I'm sorry if I'm just talking so much. I definitely feel like under socialized in this moment after yeah. not seeing people, you know, for two yeah. years and like so good how do you do a conversation again? Like what where's the balance? But you know, I hope my friends will say that I like to listen. I hope my friends will say that I am loyal. You know, I, I like to. I feel like people do tell me things, and I do keep it inside. You know, and, and um, I hope they'd say that I have. You can tell all your secrets to Corinne. She's got them all locked. Don't worry. <laughs> and I, I hope they would say that I'm able to see like the funny side of things. You know, I do really like to laugh. I do find. I find humorous people really disarming and I I don't mind sort of laughing at myself if the person is on my side and kind and so yeah that's a that's a really important thing to me just to be able to kind of make that noise and and laugh and not take everything too seriously or laugh about the fact that you always take things too seriously or, or whatever it is but yeah I think like laughter is really important to me three L's listening loyalty and laughter oh they are <laughs> there we go Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's really nice to talk to you and and see your lovely face as well on this Zoom. Yeah, thank you. All right, yeah. guys, let's get into some music. We'll be of course playing a little Karen Bailey Ray. It's late and I'm feeling so tired.
Oh, Lord.